Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legend Series, the Neil Pringle story, part two. Enjoy. Um, I can remember coming off the field at Leichhardt Oval, taking my jumper off, um, throwing half a dozen stubbies or cans of beer into my football bag. Yeah. Walking out the door with a pair of thongs on, jumping in a car and driving down to the waterfront, jumping in a semi-trailer and driving to Mudgee after a game to pick Jeez. up a load to be back in Sydney on a Monday morning. So it was a wow. bit different lifestyle from those days. Very much so. Mate, let's take a look at that Balmain side from the final game of the 75 season. Graham Roberts, Mike Fish, Alan McMahon, Trevor Ryan, Merv Muggledon, Leslie Mara, Peter Duffy, yourself, the great Brian Lockwood... Stopper Lavers, Dennis Monty, Noel Mabry and Keith Cook. Paul Broughton was the coach. Who stands out to you from there, from that crew? you got a smile on your face. It's, that's good memories, isn't it? Uh, some larrikins there. Yeah. Uh, some larrikins there. Uh, gee, Leslie Mara, one of the greatest larrikins of all yeah. time and a great fella. He made a few blues in his life. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he's Another paid, colourful character. He's paid for his sins and yeah. he's... he's um, He's done a tough – he's up and going again now and yeah, he walks he around with his head held high. Look, uh, Brian Lockwood was a wonderful, wonderful player. Um, he he had so much skill. He was getting towards the end of his mm. rugby league life in those days and um, he'd given service to Canterbury, came over to Balmain. Dennis Monty, who played for Australia, yeah. the front rower, he was a tough, hard man. Came from the same town as Arthur Beats and Roma. Okay, and grew up out there with. Uh, they were they were wonderful characters. They were bloody good footballers, and yeah. they and they could impart knowledge on young blokes and teach them the shortcuts. And that was the big thing. Mm. There were there were there were some tough, hard men, but the, the skill was there as well. Did the old guys or older guys, I should say respectfully, did the older guys nurture? take care but also discipline the younger guys in the club because I think that is something that's missing in the modern game where the old hard heads are there almost as the unofficial security guards of the club. They they pull you into line but they help you out too. Don't worry, we could party as well. Oh, yeah, you yeah. You know, I can remember going to a game one day and uh, on a Friday night and I got home on Monday morning <laughs> and my wife said to me, where have you been? I said, it was a draw and we had to play extra time. <laughs> 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 it's 
Are you still yeah. married to the same lady? No, unfortunately yeah, not, but, but we're still very good mates and uh, I'll be spending some time with her this weekend, actually. I, uh, we, we, we have three beautiful – we had three beautiful children yep. together and we, we've got six wonderful grandchildren and uh, my current wife of 35 years and uh, my ex-wife are very good mates. My ex-wife can't understand how my current wife can put up with me. <laughs> Oh, that'd be a dangerous mix, ex and current as, <laughs> yes, as, as mates. Thank God they're good mates. You enjoy being a granddad and a dad more than more than footy, more than anything. Look, um, I've got uh, five grandsons and one granddaughter, and uh, they're all showing me capabilities of various sporting. Prowess. Um, they've they've shown me that they've got ability. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how far they go with it. I've Wonderful. got uh, I've got one one uh, eight year old who's now the current um, Gromit champion surfboard rider in in the northern beaches in Sydney. Uh, he's a New South Wales champion. He, and he can he Brilliant. can he can rip. He's also a bloody talented footballer. So I uh, I don't know what what avenue he's going to take, but whatever he puts his hand to, he just seems oh. to have a wonderful flair. And the others uh, are following pretty tidily in his footsteps. He's setting the bar pretty high at the moment. But, Isn't uh, that great? The, the other the other larrikins. I hope they're as good academically as they are with their sporting <laughs> ventures. Uh, you wouldn't play finals footy until 1977. The Tigers finished the season in fourth. And you went a fortnight into the playoffs. What was that like? A young kid that had grown up watching first grade footy, finally playing finals footy. Yeah, um, gee, it was good. We, the year before, we we won the midweek competition, uh, yeah. the nineteen seventy six. I think it was called the Amco Cup in those yep. days. Uh, it, it had various names over, after various sponsors over the years, yeah. the midweek competition. And that's another thing that, you know, you talk about playing two games a week and a, a couple of games a week. It was, it was nothing to do that back yeah. in those days. And, the, and we didn't have the, the pleasure of having 70s players sitting by in a squad. We had 13, uh, 13 players and you had to play reserve grade to be eligible to sit yep. and stand, stand by for first grade so it was a different game the game the game is uh, super fast these days and the the athletes are magnificent but the endurance levels of the player of my era were were, were quite remarkable yep. um to to do the things they did um and and for the lack of input as far as the professional training and and mm. and, and standards of, of training i was concerned I think we did pretty well. Yeah. As far as me playing in semi-finals, I'd had a taste of it with Newtown. I'd yep. had a, a, a taste with Manly and uh, with uh, Balmain. Um, I remember playing at, against Manly at the Sydney Cricket Ground and the great David Topless and Brian Lockwood were weaving their magic. Yeah. And um, they, they rose to a different level in those finals games, those players. Wow. Those, the cream rises to the top, I can yep. certainly. And I, I can clearly remember, and, and one of the greatest athletes and footballers of the of the day was Bob Fulton, yeah. and I remember David Topless making him look like a a schoolboy wow. running around him with his speed and the, his mm. footwork. So the, the guys that I played with, they weren't mugs; they were they were pretty talented guys yeah. and internationals. Ronnie Willie was the coach of your footy side by now. What are your recollections of Ron? Well, Ron Willie, and to me was. You spoke about I, I was coached by Harry Bath, the great Harry Bath, yeah. the great Jack Gibson, yep. Ron Willie, Frank Stanton. I had some pretty handy coaches yeah, in my day. Um, 
and I, n- not denigrating the other guys, but as far as all-round blokes, all-round coaching ability, all-round men, I don't think I've ever met a better man than Ron Willie. That's a nice rap. Yeah. He did it tough in, he, in his later years, I guess. It's he, a- he suffered from dementia fairly significantly yeah. and uh, was seen wandering the streets of Manly in a pretty dishevelled state. And um, it was sad to see mm. that happen to him. The, um, I don't think we, we realised in those days the mental health issues that people yep. suffered and uh, it wasn't as visible. Um, it's becoming more visible all the time. Uh, he, he was a wonderful, wonderful character. Ron Willie, and I'll, I'll never forget his input into my life. The mental health issues, the, the suffering of dementia. It was also, uh, I'm not going to say ego because ego is the wrong word, but you're from a generation that was taught not to show weakness. Um, that probably makes it even harder, doesn't it, to, to admit there, there might be, you know, something wrong. That's, that's interesting you should talk to me about that because um, that's exactly right what you're saying. Yeah. Um, now I do workshops around Australia talking about exactly what you're saying. Never be too proud to put your hand up. It's, it's, it's easy to... Try be the tough man and, and try and weather the storm. But there's other blokes out there just like you. Yeah. And we all we all need a cuddle. Yeah, we do. Um, I've been through my sh- fair share of uh, depression mm. and um, I've, I've hit the pits several times during my life, over, especially in the last 15 years. Yep. I've suffered with heart disease. I've I've had a death of my son, mm. um, and I don't think there's anything tougher that you can do than bury one of your own, especially in tragic circumstances. Yeah, that um, could have been avoided. Yes, I agree. Um, now, my son became a victim of drugs, and um, it. It, uh, I could see the, the path he was travelling. He was looking for the easy life. Mm. He was looking to do things and um, unfortunately he ended up in a coffin rather than with his son and with his family now. The rest of us miss him daily and we'll continue to miss him. But um, he chose that path. He had a choice in life and he took the wrong one. And all I can say to any young fellow that, hey, it might look rosy over there, snorting cocaine or taking speed or getting on the end of an ice pipe, I can tell you it's a lot bloody stronger if you say no to that and life is a lot better. It's, uh, you can... As I said, make choices in life. They're bad choices and they're good choices. For God's sake, you young men out there, make the good choice.
Hey legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of the team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we can cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. the modern day it almost seems too easy to make the wrong choice which is which is sad whether it's peer pressure whether it's just taking the easy option Uh, people use alcohol and drugs as their escape from reality because they the crutch yeah yeah, the crutch because they won't put their arms out and say I'm not going well and I do need a cuddle is that where your um, your interest in the mental health space comes from um you know your experiences my own my own journey yep yeah for sure yeah i i god mm. um i'm the first to admit i was no saint mm. I, I was certainly no saint um my my first wife um put up with my football career mm. uh, i was never home when i wasn't playing football i was working and when i wasn't working i was partying mm. she raised three children on her own basically and uh, at the end of my career, when we moved up here to the Gold Coast and I came up here coaching, um, the party went on. And uh, she rightfully packed her bags and moved back to our house in Sydney and took yeah. the kids with her. And it took me a long while to wake up to the fact that, mm. um, she, you know, you can make mistakes in lives, but, but you, 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 you've got this shining little drug out there or alcohol or mm. whatever it might be or party or or another woman, yep. um, you know, the, the, the grass is always greener on the other side, but I can tell you from complete experience, and uh, it isn't. Mm. It isn't. It, it, life, life comes back to bite you on the ass, well and truly. Right, we'll, we'll go back to footy. I remember hearing a story about your 100th game for, for the Tigers, Leichhardt Oval. As the story goes, you received... Arguably the biggest standing ovation like Hart had seen. No one in the crowd, though, knew what you were going through to achieve that milestone. Take us back and run us through the illness, mate. Okay. Uh, in 1979, Ron Willie, I think it was, or 78, 79, uh, the last game of the season, we had to play uh, South Sydney at Redfern Oval to qualify. Okay. And uh, I was suffering from bronchial pneumonia. And um, Ron Milley came to me and said, mate, we need you to play this game. I said, I'll do my best. And uh, I got to the game and uh, I was coughing and coughing and coughing and huge wads of phlegm were coming up from my chest. And uh, the physiotherapist got in there and he was bashing my chest to try and relieve all the phlegm away so I could get out there and breathe. And I completed the game. I don't know how. We got beaten. It was all in vain. 
And I, uh, the next day, I jumped in my semi-trailer and drove to Newcastle to pick up a load of meat, frozen meat export container, to take back and uh, put on a ship. And I jumped out of the truck in Newcastle and collapsed. And I lost feeling in my feet. I had pins and needles in my fingers. And um, I rang my club doctor and he said, mate, get back to Sydney quick. I don't like the sound of this. And I was still suffering from the effects of the bronchial pneumonia. But work had to go on. You were running your own business. Yeah. And uh, I had a hotel with Ron Willie at the time at Balmain. At the same time, we owned the Town Hall Hotel. Ron the famous I, Town Hall. Ron Willie and I had the lease of that hotel. So I was running the pub. Driving the semi-trailer, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why my ex-wife put up with me for so bloody long then, <laughs> but uh, she was still putting up with me, and we were trying. We were trying to get ahead. That was yep. basically it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I got back to Sydney, and um, I don't know how I drove that semi-trailer back that day, but somehow, for the grace of God, I I got there, and I got out of the truck, and I collapsed again, and um, I was rushed into hospital, and um, after. Seem what it's what seemed weeks and weeks of tests and tests. Uh, finally, a neurologist just diagnosed my disease as a disease called Guillain Barre syndrome, okay. uh, which was a, uh, a virus of the, the, the nervous system that attacked the nerves and ate the outer coating of your nerves and basically shorted your electronic, electrical system out and paralyzed me. So um, I spent the next three months in hospital. Um, and um, it got gradually worse and worse and worse. And there was a guy who was a, a prominent broadcaster back in those days called David Fordham, who yes. was young uh, Fordham's um, uncle. Yeah. Uh, and he was a, a NBN Newcastle yeah. telecaster, and uh, he was suffering from the same disease at the same time. Fordham, we became great mates through our diagnosis, um, and uh, we, we remained friends until he sadly passed away yeah. many years later with leukaemia. Um, but anyhow, um, that's by the by, but uh, I'll, I'll never forget I was laying back in hospital, at a private hospital in Manly, and blokes like John Harvey and guys, mates of mine that, I, as I said, I lived on the northern beaches, mm. would come and pick me up um, put me in a wheelchair and take me down and throw me in the salt water, which it, it felt great, the, yeah. the laying in the salt water was good. Um, um, I can remember another time too, I had a boat on Sydney Harbour at the time, a little 25-foot cabin cruiser, and uh, it was moored at Balmain, not far down the road from the pub where mm. I was, uh, and my mates uh, went and stole my boat and drove over to the Manly Private Hospital and uh, proceeded to come up and uh, said, come on, we're taking you out on the boat for the day. And they threw me in the wheelchair and took me down and threw me, threw me on the boat and uh, uh, took me out on the boat to the nude beach in the middle of Sydney <laughs> Harbour back in those days and threw me over the side because they thought I was joking. They said, come on, swim. And I, sp- I sank to the bottom. Greg Cox dragged me up onto the beach. Oh, <laughs> so there were some funny sides yeah. to it. But I, t- I said, I told you I was sick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so what, you what mates feel your extremities? Yeah, no, um, all, all, all the extremities on my body. And it gradually got worse. It, it, they used to put a blindfold on me and, and put pin, pr- prick me with pins and needles to see how far it had, it had advanced over the, the 
preceding week. So, but once uh, my, my biggest concern was it getting into my lungs, which they would have had to put a, a um, cut on my throat and yep. artificially breathe me. And uh, it, oh. thank God it didn't get to that stage. But uh, I remember Keith Barnes, who was the secretary at Balmain's, yep. coming to visit me one day and uh, gave me a bunch of flowers and a bowl of fruit in the hospital and said, uh, if you're not back at training by the 31st of January, we're going to cancel your contract. <laughs> oh, I said, no. isn't, that, isn't that a wonderful news to bring a guy that's nearly not yeah. going so good? So I was determined then. I got onto my solicitor and I got onto my financial advisor at the time and I said, look, I'm going to be gone if I haven't got this football contract. Mm. You know, this is going to kill me. Uh, I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose... My, my business, um, yeah. what can we do? And they said, well, we've just got to try and make out that we're honouring the contract. So um, I struggled to get out and I finally got myself over to Leichhardt Oval and I'd walk around Leichhardt Oval just to show that I was at training and fulfil the contract. Wow. And uh, there was a young bloke that was handling my position pretty well at the time, a fellow by the name of Wayne Pierce. He was he going, right. he, he was going okay, Wayne, at the time. Um, and I was determined to uh, get my spot back. Yeah. Uh, May that year, I ran out on the Sydney sports ground and uh, as a reserve for reserve grade, and that day I got a standing ovation. I'll never forget that day. Um, I, I got back, and at the end of the year, I was back in first grade playing football. So I think that was probably the biggest obstacle I, I got over during my career. Um, unfortunately, Wayne was waiting in the wings there for me, and I... Um, I eventually lasted till 1982 where Wayne well and truly took over my spot and uh, I'm proud to say that a guy like Wayne Pierce took my shoes. An amazing story and achievement, just the fact you got back on the football field when football wasn't your priority, you know, just recovering general health was your priority. Well, um, I suppose when I think back on it, it was the fear of failure. Uh, for my wife and my children and myself um, that I I had a nice home on the northern beaches in Sydney. I was living next door to Graham Eady as uh, we we were mates and um, uh, I I was going okay, you know. I had a business. Um, I'll never forget having to sign the papers over in the pub and I could hardly sign my own name to sign the pub over. Because uh, I couldn't keep going with the pub, and we had to put a manager in that, and so that was getting robbed, <laughs> left, right, and centre. So I, I was I was gradually signing things over while I was laying back in hospital, paralysed. So, I, so rugby league was a significant part of my income, so yeah. I had I had to get back there to support my family. Over the years at the Tigers, especially the last couple of years, you would see that next generation come through, as you mentioned, junior. Uh, Benny Elias, Steve yeah. Roach. Was it pretty evident early on this was a good crew? There was something special about these kids? Well, uh, my last game of rugby league, I played with Benny Elias, Steve Roach and those guys in the in the reserve grade grand final. We walked off with a trophy in the 1982 grand final at the wow. Sydney Cricket Ground. And that was my last game. I, um, I was lucky enough to play in that grand final and sc- score a try and uh, – uh, and, to nurture such young blokes along because I think it was, it was going to be a tough road, that grand final, but a, a, there was a little bit of um, never-say-die attitude that yep. I produced that day and the guys had seen the path that I'd walked and I think I, I did lift that, 
that day. I bet. And uh, they performed admirably for me and they wanted to send me out a winner. Is there one game from the Tigers for whatever reason that stands out above all the others, mate, when you, you look back and reflect? There were several games that stand out in my memory, but um, Brian Lockwood and I um, worked for many, many months, months and months and months a uh, season to perfect a move that we um, we put on in the 1976 Amco Cup Grand Final. Yeah. And uh, I was lucky enough to be the, the beneficiary of um, – Brian Lockwood's wizardry, um, but it wasn't just happening. It, 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 there was hours and hours and hours of work went into achieving that, and it was a, a move that was done with subtleness of hands, um, fleet-footedness of my, on my behalf, yeah. and timing, and that just didn't come from two minutes of work. It came from a lot, a lot of effort. And for that move to come off in a crucial game, in a final of a mm. uh, in a final of a series, um, it wasn't just me. It was eight players that were involved in that move. That everybody paid their part, and I was the bloke that got the ball and scored the try. A life member at Balmain. What does that mean to you? Yeah, that was that was amazing. Larry Correr and I on the hundredth anniversary of rugby league yeah. at the fabled. Birchgrove Oval, where the first game of football was played, were presented our life memberships together in 2008, and um, it's it's a uh, it's an achievement that I I didn't think I was probably worthy of, um, but um, I'm so proud that we achieved that. What I regret is the demise of the Balmain Tigers. Yeah, that that really hurts me. Um, being a former player of two foundation clubs, Newtown and Balmain, and the wonderful history mm. that those two clubs have got. And I'll say the Western Suburbs Magpies, the wonderful history that they've got. And I've seen, and I suppose I sound like an old, old guy that wants to hold on to the past, but to have that history, to forget about the guys that dug the well and there were plenty before me and there yeah. were plenty after me, that they just erased that history with the formation of these Illawarra, St George, uh, Manly Norths that tried to tri- yep. that tried it, the West Tigers. I, I, I just hate to see that history lost. Mm. The, the, so many wonderful players, the Noel Kellys and the Arthur Summonses, the Norm Provens, the Roy Bulls and the Ron Willies from Manly. All these wonderful players have sort of been swept under the carpet of history um, and the the modern day era seem more about what's in the future than what's in the past and the past is so much of an importance to the history. To know where you're going, you've got to know where you've been. That's exactly right, Andy. Exactly yeah. right. Well, happy 70th birthday. It's been an honour been a pleasure it's been raw honest and amazing neil pringle you sir are a legend thank you Andy. we hope you're enjoying this edition of andy raymond unfiltered the legend series drops at the start of your working week it's in depth personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear their stories are simply amazing 
the Rugby League Superpod drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market with at least a dozen interviews every episode. Current day superstars and former legends drop into chat footy and share plenty of laughs. It's loose, we love it, and you will too. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to the stars themselves? Then on Saturday, the Firebrand Weekend Session is a new addition to our lineup. We're chatting with the players and coaches about barbecues, beers, and who you'd invite to your place for the perfect weekend session. It's hilarious. To keep the content coming, we'd ask if you could spare 30 seconds when you're done here and leave us a five-star rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. It's huge for us as we look to expand the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.